Anybody else excited to be in the house of God this morning? Yeah. Hallelujah. Everybody say, God's good. God is good. Even if life isn't? Even if life is. Oh, you weren't quite as excited on that one. God is still good. Amen. Amen. Praise God. He is always good. He is a good God, a righteous God, a, a God that brings blessing. He adds to us. He doesn't detract from us. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. This is my first opportunity to welcome you to 2023. Yes. If you're a child of the 60s and 70s like me, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but did you ever wonder what is life going to be like in the next century? The year 2000. And now I'm talking to people who have no recollection of the year 2000 because they weren't even born yet. Y2K. Wow, Y2K? Somebody's telling me that they filled up a bathtub with water over Y2K to make sure that they had water. <laughs> that sounds odd to you and me, but boy, that was a real thing. Amen. That was a real thing. All right. Well, anyway, welcome to 2023. We are eight days into that. I want to welcome you here at Joy. We're glad that you are here with us in this building. Thank you for being online with us as well. We know many of you are watching a lot of different areas, places, whatever. I always kind of like to ask you to maybe put in the, 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 the chat, where, where are you watching from? I think that's, it's always kind of fun for us to go back and look and to see uh, you know, what states people are in, physical locations, geographic locations. So thank you for being with us online as well. Uh, I'm excited. I'm always excited, I guess, but I'm, I'm excited to share with you some things that I believe the Spirit of God has for us as a congregation for where we are. And, um, you know, when we turn the calendar, when we, I always like, Pastor Tim was the one who, who shared this with me about the, the Greek god Janus, for whom the month of January is named, and he was known as the two-faced god. He looked backwards and forwards at the same time, not two-faced like some of you might think, but he had the ability to see what was behind him and what was in front of him, and that's kind of the idea of, of January, of the new year. We, we assess, we look backwards at, at the things that we thought we were going to accomplish in 2022, and we look ahead to how we can maybe accomplish things. There's a, a sense of a fresh start. There's a sense that, that we've turned a, a page, that we've turned and, and, and we have a new new chapter. And, and uh, you know, I don't know how many of you are resolution type people. I'm going to make a New Year's resolution. I think that it feels like to me, and maybe it's not that way, but it feels like to me that is something that is becoming less and less of a thing uh, than it used to be. And I was thinking, I've talked to different people that have had uh, New Year's resolutions, kind of call it New Year's resolutions then and now. We had one in 2022. Now we've got one in 2023, like the person who said, you know, in 2022, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. And you look at their New Year's resolution this year, and it's going to be, I'm going to lose 25 pounds, you know, and, and it just went from bad. I'm going to drink. I'm not going to drink. I'm stopping drinking. And this year's like, I'm going to drink glass, you know, and, and uh, or it got quiet on that one. Uh, <laughs> or some, or, 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 you know, so I'm going to finally stand up to my boss. And their resolution this year is I'm going to find a new job because <laughs> it didn't turn out so so well, my New Year's resolution, if you want to know one of them is, I want to have more fun in 2023. And, and fun is something that I enjoy having. And uh, I generally don't have a, a problem. There were things in 2022 that were just not a lot of fun. I had great, great things like you. Had wonderful things happen in 20. I, I just noticed Miles back in the backpack there. And uh, Miles is our new grandson. And uh, we're excited and happy about that. Pastor Steph and Andrew back there. God has blessed them. And woohoo, we're excited about that. That was a fun thing. But if you know anything about me, I have three great goals in my life. Number one is I want to have a, 
I want to have, I, I want to make sure that people know that Jesus Christ is their Lord. I want to see people get born again. That's, I'm passionate about that. I, I want to do whatever I can to help leverage anything that I've got in my life or in this church to help people make Jesus the Lord of their life. We had over 200 people make a decision for Christ in 2022. Over 50 kids, amen, that's, that's a praise God. Over 50 kids during VBA in July last year that took that first step of, of, of understanding who Jesus is. But that's not enough for me. I want those people that have made Jesus the Lord of their life, I want the you and the me to continue a journey of growth. Everybody say growth. I want that to happen for all of us. And then number three, my third great goal is I want to have a blast while I'm doing the first two. And so far, so good. But I thought I'd add to that. Just I, I was thinking about a couple of things for maybe ways to have more fun, New Year's resolution, whatever it might be. I thought it would be kind of fun to make up a great big, just a whole bunch of vanilla pudding and find an empty Miracle Whip jar and put it in the Miracle Whip jar and just go to, a, maybe in church one Sunday, just sit here and, and, in the entryway and just eat out of that Miracle Whip jar. Let people wonder, why is he eating Miracle Whip? That, just, that's, that sounds horrible. Or I always thought, I don't know, Gordy, I thought it would be kind of fun to hire two private investigators. Give them a picture of each other and hire them, tell them to go, f go find out who these people are, go follow them. I don't know. I think, wouldn't that be kind of fun? I thought it'd be kind of cool to get a talking parrot, teach it to say, help, I've been turned into a talking parrot. And uh, I thought about trying to get Pastor John to do this one, you know, dress him up like the turn of, a, turn of the last century person and, and, and have him run into a store and just start screaming, what year is it? What year is it? When somebody tells him, run out saying, it worked, it worked. <laughs> I want to have a little bit more fun in 2023. And yet here we are. And, and, and I know that for some of you, the, the, the idea of re resolutions, New Year's resolutions are, are something that is real, something, and I think there's nothing wrong with writing down goals. I don't think there's anything wrong with pointing our, our, our energy and our faith and our intention and intentionality towards some things that bring us to a better 2023. But the bottom line is that when we do New Year's resolutions, New Year's resolutions are kind of based in this idea that I don't like something presently. I want to introduce change into my life so that later on or down the road, when I get over there, then I'm going to have that. It might be, you, you, it might be your physical health. I'm going to implement changes to my diet and exercise while I'm here so that when I get over there, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a, a, a better body. I'm going to look better, feel better. I'm going to live longer. I'm going to enjoy life, whatever it might be. You might be sitting here today and you're thinking, man, I am so tired of always being behind the eight ball financially. I'm tired of debt. I'm tired of all of those things. I'm tired of barely making it, uh, all, all of those things. And so you're going to bring some change into your life. Or maybe you think I, I, I have to do a budget. I have to make some, some changes to my spending habits. And others of you might think, you know, I, I don't like the way that I act or I don't like the way that I react and so I'm going to introduce change into my life that will bring me to maturity. It's going to bring me to growth and, and, and so it is that desire that I don't really like and that's again where the basis of resolutions come from is I don't really like where I am right now and so I want to make some changes in my life so that I can get to that ideal, that thing that I think will be better, that, that place that I'm happier, I'm more fulfilled, uh, all, all of those things and so you might... Download an app that might help you track finances or weight or whatever it might be. You might hire a personal trainer. You might hire a life coach. You might do those things to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. And 
In the book of Habakkuk, actually, those things are really just things that, that God told us about a long time ago. But in Habakkuk chapter 2, kind of a, a familiar scripture, Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 2 says, The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. You're here and you want to be there. Write it down. Write it down and make it plain on tablets. That's the path, the plan. How am I going to get there? That he may run who reads it for the vision is yet for an appointed time. In other words, when I get to the end of 2023, this is what I I desire. This is what I want. This is what I hope. Uh, that he may run who, run who reads it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end, the end of the year, it's going to speak. It will not lie, though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Now, sermon series, and I've got a series of subtitles uh, that will go along with it, but, but everybody just say the word here. Now, when I say here, I don't mean H-E-A-R, I mean H-E-R-E, here. Everybody say here. Look at the person next to say, you are here. How many of you have ever used the map in a mall or a store or amusement park and you find the little thing that says, you are here? Amen. I had to look this up in the dictionary. I wanted to make sure I knew what the word here meant. And the word here means this. It means in this place, in this spot or locality opposed to there. Here as opposed to there. Here, as opposed to there. H-E-R-E, as opposed to being somewhere else. As opposed to being there. And the emphasis that I have been making to you here, as opposed to there, really is a result of, or, or the thought process of, I'm here right now, but I'd rather be there. How many of you can understand that, that, that where you are right now, maybe you're not happy where you are financially. You're not happy where you are uh, uh, with your health. You're not happy where you are relationally. You're not happy where you are with your job. You would rather be there. Some of you like, I'm not happy in my locality right now. I would rather be in Mexico where it's warm. Amen. Amen. I can't, well, I was about to tell you what you already know. I can't believe how much snow we've already gotten. I hear we only get one more inch because the average is 42.5 inches and we've already had 41.5 inches. So we are only going to get one more inch for the rest of the season. Praise God. You heard it here first. All right. Praise the Lord. Whatever. I want to be there, but I'm here. <laughs> and, and really that's the bottom line when we think about the changing of the calendar, New Year's resolutions. I'm here, but I want to be there. Does anybody have some theirs that you would rather have than here? Anyone? Why? Apparently this is the wrong sermon series because most of you, and, and, and honestly, this is, uh, this is one of the things that I've, 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 I've wrestled with a little bit because there's three or four, potentially three or four groups that are going to hear this. And, and what I mean by groups, be roughly the same people that hear this series of messages, but three or four groups that, that are in different places. There's some of you that, that you're, you're kind of like the fire eaters. Pastor Ryan, you tell me, and I'm ready to go, and I'm fired up, and woohoo, let's go! And you're just, we love you, because <laughs> you're awesome. There's some of you that are here, though, that I wrote a couple of these things down. I want to get it in the right order. The, the, the obvious thing, the obvious thing is that there are some that, that are experiencing a here that is painful. For you where you are right now, it's painful. It hurts. There's been trauma. There's been loss. There's, there's been horrible things that have perhaps happened to you. And right now, here is so painful. You want to be anywhere else than here. 
Your finances are so bad and, and, and that, that it's like, I need to be, I want to be, I want to be out of, I just want the pressure off me and I will do whatever I can do to get the pressure off of me. And I hope that for you, I can introduce some things that will inspire you perhaps, that will help to bring some encouragement into your brief courage into you. Some of you are here and you have here in this building, but you're here, your present place is a place that's hopeless because you've heard messages like this and, and perhaps you're all thinking, uh, we already kind of know where you're going, Pastor Brian. You're talking about here. You want us to be there. You're going to give us, write down the vision. You're going to give us a, pla- a path and a plan. You're going to tell us how, what steps can I take to get out of here, to get away from here so I can get there. And, and, and I want you to think that for a while because that's not actually where I'm going. Because some of you, you're here You've been here so long, you've watched things, you've heard things and things haven't changed, things have stayed the same, you've given up and you've lost hope, you've become hopeless. And I trust by the spirit of God that you'll hear some things in this series that will inject hope into your life because there's nothing that's hopeless with God. Nothing that's hopeless with God. And there's a third group or a fourth group that I'm most concerned about because for you, your here is comfortable. You're satisfied here. In fact, Pastor Brian, don't go messing with my good thing. Maybe I wish I had a little bit more money, but I got enough money, I'm good. And the people that are in my life, they're in my life for a reason, because I like them, they like me. I've pretty much gotten rid of everybody that, that disagrees with me, that doesn't think like I think. I've been able to weed them out of my life, and there's no conflict, there's no drama anymore. My here is really comfortable. And for you, I, you know, actually the book of Revelation says it doesn't turn out so well for you. He said, I wish you were hot, I wish you were cold, but because you think you don't need anything, because you think everything's hunky-dory, that's a dangerous place to be, Joy Christian Center. It is a dangerous place to be that your here is so comfortable that you don't think you need anything. Thought it would get quiet in this Baptist church for a moment this morning. So... Let's start with a couple of thoughts this morning. I, I've said this many, many, many times to this congregation, but you can't start. You can't start where you're not. You can only start here. I have discovered in my life and, and, and in a, the observation of a lot of people over a lot of years that many people do not start because of where they're not. They don't start because of where they're not. They don't start because they don't have something. They don't know something. They, they think that they can't start because of something we, you know, it's, I don't know how many of you ever thought this when you were growing up, but how many of you when you were a kid wished you could be an adult? How many of you as an adult found out it, it, adulting isn't really that much fun? <laughs> right? <laughs> we told me that these kids would be 18 years of hard labor. They're cute for a while. Now, they're awesome. They're wonderful. You know, when you're 10, you want to be 12. When you're 12, you want to be 13. When you're 13, you want to be 16 because 16, then I can drive and it's going to be awesome. And then when I'm 16, I want to be 18 because then I'm graduated from high school. When I'm 18, then I want to be 21 because then I'm an adult and I get to do adult things and have adult responsibilities. And then when you're, you know, you're 29 and that's awesome. 30 is a mark of life. 40, it's like I'm 29. I want, there can shift and change. 
are there can shift and change. But we always want to be somewhere else. It's kind of that someday syndrome that someday it's going to be perfect. That someday I'm going to have enough money. I'm going to have a great relationship. Someday I'm going to have the, 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 the income that I want to have or the job. Someday something is going to happen. But right now where I am here, it stinks and it bites and it's, I don't like it here. And there's some, some weaknesses and some problems when it, when it comes to here. And really, when we come over to the church, we haven't done a great job all the time either. We preach a theology of there. And some of it, there, the Bible talks about the blessed hope. It will be a wonderful day when we are in heaven. Amen? Yes. How many of you know we're not in heaven? We used to sing the song in the church that I grew up in, uh, uh, you, you know, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. How many remember that song? You know what the message of that song is? We are going, it's there. We're going to rejoice and we're going to shout and we're going to have victory there. there. But while you're here, whoo, there ain't no shouting, there ain't no joy, there ain't no victory. It's hold the fort till Jesus comes. Because life here is no good. Life here is no fun. And we're going to tolerate here because one day we'll be there. And so we trudge through life. We don't enjoy life. There's no fun in life. There's no fun in our, our walk with the Lord because we're not there yet. And we preach the theology of there. I believe in the power of prayer. We sang a great song this morning. The message of the song is I believe. Right? I believe. Now there's things in that song I have not personally seen. I have seen cancers disappear. I've seen resurrection happen in people's lives as it relates to relationships or things that doctors said that's never going to happen and it happened. I've seen that kind of resurrection. But that doesn't stop me from still believing. Because God is a now God. God is a here God. God is a right now, right here God. But I've also been around long enough. I've also been around long enough to know that sometimes the miracle doesn't happen in the prayer line. That the miracle doesn't happen because some preacher said, Your breakthrough's coming now! Tell 15 friends on Facebook that it's going to happen now. Well, faith is now. I believe I receive now. How many of you ever heard of a guy by the name of Abraham? God made a promise to Abraham and he said, Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. You're going to have a child. And Abraham said, ha, ha, that ain't happening. My wife can't have kids. God, maybe I'll come up with another plan. Which has caused the world all kinds of problems since. Because he wasn't satisfied with here. He didn't trust God here. And so he came up with his own plan. It took 25, roughly 25 years for the promise that was made to Abram. The promise was made to Abram. Roughly 25 years later, Abram was holding a baby. 25 years. I've told couples, I've told families, I've told people often, if it took you 25 years to get into the mess that you're in, are you willing to give God 25 years to get out of the mess that you're in? See, we want it Instantly. We want it now because if, if I can get the pressure off, if I can get the pain off, if I can get all that stuff off of me now, then over there, then God can use me. Then I can be blessed. Then I can have the peace. I can have the joy. I can have the experience. So my question is, can we praise God in the prayer line even though instead of it happening now, it might happen 15 months from now? Can we still praise God then? 
Can we still worship our great God if, if it does not happen here? Or are we going to wait until we get there? Are we going to wait until we get to heaven to sing and shout a victory? Are we going to wait till we get to heaven? Or are we just going to, and we should sing in, in the sweet by and by. But right now you're living in a, a nasty, nasty here and now. You're living in a nasty here and now. So a couple of things that I want to introduce and preface this message with. Matthew chapter 6, I would encourage you to read this uh, uh, whole chapter this afternoon. Spend some time with it. Um, in, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is dealing with some issues, some things that everybody struggles with. And it's basically, I think, it it's, has a lot to do with trust. How do, we, how do we trust God? Where do we trust God? What do we trust God in? And Jesus uses the example of money. And he says, you, you cannot serve God and money at the same time. You can't do it. He didn't say you might not be able to. He didn't say, you know, let me try it. Then maybe I could, you know, he, he said, you won't. You can't. And, and, and he leads into some really interesting dialogue and things that he's teaching his people. And, and, and basically he said, your trust is going to be in one or the other. That's really, to me, the basis of what he's talking about. Your trust is either going to be in wealth or ability or the strength and the power that wealth brings, or it's going to be in God. One or the other. It can't be in both. And, and if your trust is in wealth, if your trust is in the power that wealth brings... The position that wealth brings, the comfort that wealth brings, the security that wealth brings, it's going to lead you to worry. Because how many of you know, over the last year or year and a half, our wealth <laughs> has shrunk. Most people's wealth has shrunk. Our ability to purchase has shrunk. Gas prices are higher, inflation, 401ks, retirement plans, investments, all of those things are down. Anybody notice that? And because of that, what happens? Ooh, I don't know what I'm going to do. So where's my trust? And Jesus in that was talking about some things. As he, as, and he says, <laughs> he says, why are you worried? Because this is the stuff that makes us anxious. It makes us worried. So why are you worrying about those things? He said, is worry going to change anything? Is worrying about it going to change? He said, can you through worry add one inch to your, can you make yourself taller? What's the answer to that? No. So is worry going to bring more money into your account? No. no. And then he says this, which to me is the, the most important thing. He said, do you not understand that God cares for you? If he cares for the, the, the flowers, if he cares for the birds, if he cares for those other things, do you not think that you have more value and worth? Do you not think that? Are you so concerned about there that you're losing sight of who God says you are and what God says or who God says he will be here? And so in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 31, he says, don't worry about these things saying, don't worry saying, how do I know if I'm taking up worry? How do I know if, I, if this is affecting me here? It's when you start talking about it. Don't worry about things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Now, let me just say, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a plan. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a budget. I'm not saying you shouldn't have retirement. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have those things. I'm not saying that you shouldn't wonder about or, or plan for retirement or the future. Or, I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is don't let your trust in tomorrow devalue where you are or what God wants to do in you here. 
And so again, he says, don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These are the things that people are striving for. We're, we have anxiety about it. We're worried about it. We, we wonder what's going to happen. Then he says in verse 32, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows, I'm sorry, your heavenly father knows all of your needs. That was King James slipping out of my mouth. Sorry about that. Your heavenly father already knows all of your needs. God knows what you need here. God knows you have bills to pay. God knows you need a place to live. God knows that your kids need shoes. God knows that your kids need to go to college or whatever the future might be. God knows those things. He knows those things. He knows where you are. He knows what is going on in your life. That's part of the message of what he had been saying to, the, to, to those people in that moment before that. Do you not think that you have more value than a bird? Do you not think you have more value than a, a flower? If God can take care of them, do you not think God can take care of you? Because God knows what you need right here where you are. And our, I think part of our problem is we don't, first of all, believe that he cares or that he knows. Or maybe if he does care and know, then how come he hasn't done something about it already? That's a big one. Can we talk about it in church? Because yes. that derails a lot of people. I wonder if Abraham thought that. Maybe after a few months. Now they didn't have the pregnancy test sticks back then. But at what point if they did, would he have stopped using them? Or having Sarah stop using them? You know, every month, every month. Come on, one of these, God promised, God said. After three years, it's like, you know, we spent a fortune on these pregnancy test strip things. And none of them work. Do you think you might have lost heart? Right. You see, the stuff that we're striving for, the stuff that we're worrying about, wondering about, we want to get away sometimes, particularly in a painful situation, we want to get away from here because we'd rather be there. And so we're going to do whatever we can do. We might do stupid stuff. We might say stupid things because the pain and the pressure of here is so great that we would want to be there. But I think that it is so important that we look at what Jesus said here. Because Jesus said these thoughts, these things dominate the thoughts of who? Unbelievers. Of who? Unbelievers. Unbelievers. And if they're dominating our thoughts, then our thinking needs to change. Hello. Because these should only dominate the thoughts of unbelievers because unbelievers don't have a God. They have the option of a God, but they haven't yet accepted him. That's why I said earlier, I want people to be born again, but as important as that, because you can't get anywhere without being born again uh, and, and knowing who Jesus is and, 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 and having our lives changed, becoming a new creature in Christ. But that's, that's just the beginning. I said, that's just the beginning. There's more. There's so much more that God wants for us. It is called growth. Spiritual growth so that we can become the men and women of God that he wants us to become. And without that growth in our life, we're going to live and act just like the world lives and acts. But there's something better for you and there's something better for me. And there's an example that you and I have to live to this world of a mighty God, not a weak God of a God who cares for us where we are 
That he blesses and provides and produces joy in our life. It is the unbelievers who focus on there to get the pain off of here. I need to pop a pill. I need to, I need to overwork and do all kinds of things because here is so painful and I want to be over there and I need to escape here. How can I do it? And for us to fall into that trap is something that I think that we need to very carefully watch for and examine in our life because Jesus went on to say in verse 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. Wait, what? There's a promise? He'll give me what I need? Yep. All you gotta do is seek God first. Yeah, but wait, you, I will... When, I will as soon as, if I didn't have this, if they didn't say that, if this wasn't going on, if I didn't have these kids, if I didn't have this spouse, if I didn't have this job, then there's no clause in that. Seek the kingdom of God first. Live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about there. For tomorrow or there will bring its own worries today's trouble or right here is enough for today raising your kids right now right here is enough for today going to work and working your job is enough for today do the best job you can today in spite of what you want tomorrow do the best job you can with your kids here even though you wish you had something else (laughs) if our focus is on there we won't give attention to here. If our focus is on there, we won't give, I need to look at my notes here for a second because I think this is so important. Matthew 6, again says this. So the kingdom of God, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. If our thought process is, it, is, it stinks so bad right here, right now. My life is a dumpster fire. I'm not the person that I know God wants me to be. I'm embarrassed at who I am. I wish. Some of you, those things don't even, you can't, I mean, it's like, I'm so far away from that. I'm really happy. I'm comfortable, satisfied. Like I said, you're in as dangerous a spot as anyone else is. Some of you are like, man, I don't think anything could ever change. I've been around this mountain so many times. Pastor Brian, I am so tired. I've called a truce. I'm just going to get along to go along. Call the truce with life. I want you to learn to love it here rather than tolerate it here. I want you to learn to embrace here, even though it stinks right now. I want you to learn to embrace here. Don't lose sight of there, but embrace here. Learn here. Grow here. Because if we're always waiting for there, notice again what he says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. You cannot seek the kingdom of God there. You can't, see, you can't wait to seek the kingdom of God when you get there. When the train wreck of your life finally gets back on track. You can't seek God, you can't wait there until there. You can only seek God from where? You can only seek God from where you are. And yet we think, well, you know, as soon as I learn more, as soon as I feel better about myself, or I'm so ashamed. Yeah? You can only deal with it here. You can't deal with it there. 
Sometimes we look at other Christians, well, you know, I wish I was like them because if I was like them, then. No, you're not like them. Chances are they're like you. Just a devil lying to you. Think everybody else says it's so much better. The grass is always greener. We cannot seek the kingdom of God from there. We have to seek the kingdom of God from here. Not someday. God is not waiting for you to become some future version of yourself and then bless you and then meet your needs. God says, I will meet your needs where you are here. Just seek me first. Just put me first. Just put me first in your life. Put me first in your time. Put me first in your finances. Put me first in your hobbies. Put me first in your gifts and your talents and your abilities. Put me first. Seek my kingdom first. That's all I'm asking you to do. And if you do that, all these other things that you're worrying about, stressed about, wondering about, all these other things will be added to you. If you will trust me and seek me here, your there is going to be taken care of. Can I get an amen? amen? Do you understand and see that this morning? It's really simple, isn't it? Just not easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. I believe this, and this has changed for me. I mean, last year there was some revelation that happened. I hated it here. Not Joy Christian Center. I just didn't like where I was at. I hated it. And my heart was broken. There were things that were going on. It's like, man, I hate it here. And I learned, though, that I'm not there. I'm here. And God's going to have to deal with me and and, and love me. And he's going to have to heal me. And he's going to have to work with me here. And I'm going to have to surrender my there. I'm going to have to surrender and let go of my pain that that was there or here at the moment. And when I did that, I began to move to there. But I'd have never moved there had I not let God deal with me here. I don't know if that makes sense to you or not. So a couple of quick statements for you this morning. Uh, Let me finish this. Matthew 6, 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Live righteously. Everybody say righteously. We think that means perfectly. That's not what that means. It means live right. You might remember me saying this in the past, but if you learn it wrong, you'll sing it wrong. Have you ever been surprised if you've looked at the lyrics of a song that you've been singing wrong for years and you're like, oh, wait a second, those words are in that, really? I mean, it can be an eye-opener. Like, That's what they're singing. I had no idea, you know? I used to say, praise Father, Son, He is the most. I didn't know who the Holy Ghost was. You know, I don't know. That's what I thought they were saying. We had a little kid in our children's church years ago. We used to sing the song, Abiding in the Vine. He thought it was abiding in the barn. He grew up, you know, he's a farmer. He's like, abiding in the barn, abiding in the barn. He didn't know what that meant. Anyway, if you, if, if, you, if you learn it wrong, you sing it wrong. Well, it's the same thing in life. If you learn life wrong, you're going to live life wrong. And that's the point of the gospel. That's the point of the word of God. The point of the word of God is that this world lives upside down. This world lives in, in, in contrary motion to God. And God who created and orchestrated everything designed you and designed me and wired us the way that we are as we get to know God, as we get to know our, uh, his ways and we begin to incorporate his ways into our ways, prioritize our life around his priorities for our life. Not just accessorize our life with Jesus, not just have a fire escape Jesus, but to have a Jesus that is actually the Lord of everything in our life. If we live righteously, then he will add those things to our life. 
Which means that God's got to deal with me where I am right now. Because I, if I could be, can I be honest in church? All right. As opposed to, like, I guess I haven't tried to be dishonest in church ever. <laughs> but you know what? There's some things that God asked me to do I'd rather not do. There's some ways that are his that are definitely not my ways. Hello. There's areas of my life, you know, ticks me off. <laughs> if I could be honest with you. So guess what? That's the battle of Christianity. That is the battle of surrendering my life, my will, my desires, my wants, waving the white flag of my will and say, God, not my will, but your will be done. I don't want to step on toes, but I, I'm asked often, why don't we pray the Lord's Prayer more often in church? I don't know. Why don't we just start doing it outside of church? Why don't we just ask God, what's your will for my life today? What, what, what is, and I think part of that prayer, Jesus was like, before we get into your kingdom, before we get into what you want, your bread, your water, your unforgiveness, before we get into that stuff, I want you to ask me about my kingdom. God, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Maybe in our prayer life, instead of spending all of our time telling God what we need, he already knows what you need. Maybe we should start listening to God and say, God, what do you need? Not that he needs anything, but what do you want for me? What do you want me to do as it relates to your kingdom? What do you want me to do as it relates to your life? And here's the point that we miss. Well, let me... So, as we move through the next several weeks of this series, I want you to understand something. I think that here could be the enemy of there. Here is the enemy of there. And, and, and here's why, at least here's why I think that, because the problem with here, the problem with there, I should say, here is the enemy of there, but the problem with there is that there devalues here. I want there so much that I think here is so bad. Or because I'm not there yet, I can't do anything while I'm here. The enemy of there, the enemy of here, I should see, is there. There devalues those things here. There diminishes there, my hope for there, the, 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 the pain that I'm feeling and I want to get rid of. There <laughs> diminishes the power of what God can do here. I can only seek God from here. I can only know God from here. I can only worship God from here. I can only do those God things here, not there. There will dilute here. It diminishes the power of here. It dilutes here what, what we can learn, what we can embrace, how we can grow. There might, and, and here's the kind of, I think, the, the, the thing that concerns me because I've seen it happen. There, the hope and the desire for there can divert people from here. What do you mean? I'll tell you what I mean. This is what I, I kind of think. There. Thinking about the nation of Israel. Nation of Israel, as you know, their history, one of the big points of their history was that in, they were slaves, a slave nation in, in the land of Egypt. Their current here was horrible. There was no hope. You were going to make bricks from sunup to sundown. That's it. That's your existence. You never had to worry about what, what am I going to do on my day off because you didn't have one. Never had to worry about whether or not you're going to have brats on the 4th of July or on Independence Day because there weren't any holidays. You just made bricks. 
And it was a horrible here. And then one day a guy by the name of Moses showed up and he said, uh, he, he said, God's got a, a there for you. It is a land of promise. It is a promise that God has for you. And in that land, you're not making bricks anymore. In fact, there's cities that have already been built that you're going to inhabit. There's houses that you're going to live in that you didn't build. There's fields that are already planted that you're going to inhabit and that you're going to have. This is all in that land of, uh, that, that flows with milk and honey. It is a promise that I have for you. And they're going to won't it be wonderful there? Won't it be awesome when we get there? And you know the story. God brings them out with a miraculous, powerful, in a miraculous and powerful way. And they get into this thing that is called the wilderness. And while they were in the wilderness and they're trudging along and they're going along. And first they're, woohoo, we're going there. We're going there. Woohoo! Way, this is awesome. After a while, here got old, and here got tiring, and here the food wasn't as good. And they began to get angry. They began to get frustrated. They began to get upset. They began to pour that anger out on Moses, and they began to complain to him. And here's what I think is interesting. There, our hope for there, it can be in front of us a better end of 2023 and a better that that leads to an even better 2024 but there can also be backwards because while they were here hoping for there the pain the frustration of right here caused them to say you know what it was better back there can you imagine that their current circumstances made it look like the stuff that God delivered them from was better than where they were right then or where they were going. And you might shake your head and you might think, well, that's crazy. I can't believe that. I've watched it happen. I've seen it happen. That people were on a right path. People were on a good path. People going a great direction, but they got tired of here or they got satisfied here. They got comfortable here. And it wasn't long before they stopped pursuing. It wasn't, stopped before, it wasn't long before they stopped seeking God where they were because the pain was gone. The, the, the pressure was gone. And eventually they slowly started to drift back to the life that they used to have before, the one that God delivered them from. So don't think... Don't think, don't think that this doesn't affect you because it does. If my focus is on there, if my focus is on there, then I do not give any attention to here. And that's not what we're about. That's not what I particularly, where we are as a church and particularly as where we are as individuals. So let me finish with this thought. James chapter four and verse eight says this, when you draw close to God, God will draw close to you. I think there's a lot of people who don't draw close to God because first of all, they're intimidated, they're afraid, or they're scared. They don't know enough. They don't know how. Not sure. They might be concerned what's going to happen when they get there because we're trying to cover up. We're trying to hide. As if God doesn't already know. (laughs) Perhaps the mess that is in your life. As if God doesn't know the secret things that go on in your life. And we think that because we're hiding it from ourselves, hiding it from others, that we're hiding it from God. We never are. Draw close to God. God will draw close to you. I, I, I want, as a finish up, to say this to you. God is, God is a relational God. 
I think we tend to treat God as a transactional God. That we go to God with our needs and then God promises to meet our needs. And we bring our list to God. God, this is what I need. I need this. I want that. I hope this. This is what I need and this is what I want. And, and I'm kind of busy, God. A lot of things going on. If you could get to it quick, that'd be great. See you later. But God's a relational God. God wants us to come to him. And God wants us to pour out our life to him. God wants to be the fixer. God wants to be the need meter. God wants to be those things. But more than that, he wants you. Hello. He wants you. He desires a relationship with you. Yeah, he knows you. He's got the hair on your head counted, but he still wants to he, he still wants you to get to know him. He wants there to be that fellowship back and forth. And so, I'm going to say it to you again. You're going to hear it more than once. I think if you're here this morning and you don't know where to start. In fact, even if you have something else, I'm going to ask you to do one thing every day. Look at the person next to you say every day. Look at that person and say, that means daily. And let me just say to you, do not be legalistic about this. But I want you to do the first 15. It's very simple. First 15 is simply this. Read your Bible for five minutes. Pray for five minutes. Worship God for five minutes. Why? Because here is the only place that you can do that. You cannot worship God there. You have to worship God here. You can't worship God when you have something to be thankful for. Because you may not have anything to be thankful for. And if you're waiting to sing and shout the victory till you actually have victory, then you might be waiting a long time. You can only do that here. Five minutes with the word of God. Five minutes in prayer. Five minutes of worshiping God. I don't care the order that you do it in. I don't care that your first 15 is the last 15 of your day. I don't care. I've had, well, can I do the first 15 later? Absolutely. Just do it. I only did 12. Duh. <laughs> I went 17. Does that mean that tomorrow I only go 13? <laughs> Let's not be legalistic about it. Just spend time with God. Amen. I'm going to say this as lovingly as I can. <laughs> if you don't have 15 minutes, then you have a problem. I realized I had a problem one day when I was standing at the Keurig coffee pot thinking, gosh, why does this take so long? <laughs> I'm serious. I pushed the thing. Pushed it. Come on. What's taking? Like, I was like, God dang. I was in Canada fishing with Zach, our son, and, and, and the only coffee pot they had was, man, the old school oh, yeah. brew pot thing. And I'm like, are you kidding me? How do we even work this thing? It's like, you know, how much coffee, no filters? Anyway, it's, <laughs> are we really that busy that we can't find 15 minutes? For the one who loved us so much, he sent his son to die for us. For the one who's made promises to you that if you will seek me first, seek my kingdom first, then I will add those things to you that you think you need. I will take care of your tomorrow if you will worship me today. Here. Here is the very best place that you could ever be. Because you will never be anywhere other than here. Because even when you get there, your here suddenly becomes what? Or your there suddenly becomes you will always be where you are. Deep thoughts from Pastor Brian. You will always be where you are. And maybe God wants to take care of some things here so you don't bring it with you there. 
Maybe all those failed relationships were things that you should have dealt with here before you ever got to the next one. That's for the next couple of weeks. And that doesn't apply to any of you, those, those people that come those couple of weeks. That's what this stuff will apply to. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes and let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, come to you this morning. And Father, we worship you here. We surrender here. We ask you to minister to us here. Not when we change something, not when we feel better about something, not when circumstances around us change, but right here. Because here is where we're hurting. Here is where we need you. Here is where we need healing. Here is where we need you to show up in our life. And we trust that no matter where we are, you are always with us. That you're omnipresent, you are everywhere. But most importantly, you're right where I am. You promised you would never leave me. You would never forsake me. In Jesus' name, Emmanuel, God with us. So no matter where I go, you're with me. No matter what I go through, you're with me. And because I know you're with me, you care for me, and you love me, I know that you're going to take care of my today as well as my tomorrow. So Father, I open up my heart. Open up my life. You already know everything. So Father, I, I lay it bare before you. Thank you, Jesus. With your heads bowed and with your eyes closed, if you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, that is the beginning step. That is the first step. If you're here and you're say, you say, Pastor, I don't know everything that it means. I don't know everything that, that I need to do. Trust me, no one does. It's a step. It's a process, but it's a step of faith that begins with what you believe and what you say. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life, I would like to lead you in a very simple prayer. So if that's you, would you just hold your hand up for a second? Yes, sir. Thank you. Anyone else? Just hold up your hand real high for just a moment. Just hold it up so I can see that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Would you all pray this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. I am here. And I believe you're here. I believe that you died for me. That your blood was shed for me. And so today, I declare Jesus you're my Lord. I surrender to you. I thank you. My sin is forgiven. That I have a home in heaven. And while I am here, you're going to meet my needs. And I trust you for my tomorrow. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I thank you for these folks in this congregation, for these that have prayed this prayer for the very first time, I thank you Father that you are the God of them and that you work in them to will and to do of your good purpose. And so I thank you for that. I thank you for this congregation of men and women. I pray Father that wherever we go we bring the reality and the presence of our God with us and we disperse it to the world. We become joy to this world and we thank you for that in Jesus name. Everybody said Amen. Amen. If you've made a decision for Jesus or if you want help and you're walk with life, walk for life, you can text JOY to 77411. We will be in contact with you and help you take steps to grow. So please be aware of that. Other than that, have a great day and we will see you next Sunday.